Yo, what's going on, chat? It's me, Anthony K, aka Fluent. Um, Chill is having technical difficulties, but I didn't want you to wait for too long. Uh, he's going to be here in about two minutes, um, and Haley will be joining us. Uh, so until then, you got me or myself answering your questions in the chat um, until 9.08. That's when they will be here. I hop Galaxy. What's going on? Luca over Tatum, and it's not even close at all. Animal, you got to tell us why. This is no FIFA. This is not the Fluent Show, but I didn't want you guys waiting for too long because I, I said, yeah, halftime Haley. I did say halftime Haley. She will be here as well. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, but, but we got to know if you think it's Tatum or you think it's Luca. If you don't think it's close, why you don't think it's close? Go zit. Am I ready for tomorrow? I'm always ready. It's just dub. Not much to prepare for. Um, but tomorrow is going to be fire. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the the promo. Um, and if you have, I'd love to know what you guys think about it. And it's Luca and it's not even close. Okay. Everybody in the chat saying it's Luca and it's not even close. Chill, who's coming, I promise you says that it is close so let's just go through the chat we're gonna start at the top because you guys have been here since before the show even started uh so let's go you've been here since eight o'clock tatum clears. so i'm just gonna read through your chats here we go tatum clears i'm sorry but nobody's taking james harden over Kawhi. leonard type player tatum clears i'm sorry but no one is taking a james harden over a Kawhi Leonard type player. NBA GOAT. You got to tell us what you mean. Shout out to Thomas James, a new member to Fluent and Chill. Uh, so, <laughs> to Fluent and Chill, to Player's Choice. But yes, Fluent and Chill as well. Uh, double, double Tech says Luca clears. Luca clears Tatum. Jaden Universe. Jason Tatum ain't Kawhi, buddy. And Luka is a one-man offense. Tatum's defense so overrated. He got outplayed by Wiggins in the finals, but you all forgot about that. Didn't everybody give Tatum so much defensive love for what he did to Kevin Durant in the first round in that sweep? Now, all of a sudden, Tatum's defense is overrated. So if you're giving Luka the the offense, we we I think we all agree Luca's offense is better than Jason Tatum's offense, but I think we all agree Jason Tatum's defense is better than Luca's defense. So how do you rank them? Does that not bring them close? Is it not closer than you think? That's what we're gonna talk about today. Chill. Are you coming? Are you almost here? Almost here. He's having technical difficulties. Haley is eating her turkey. Um Tell me about your Thanksgiving for those in the chat. Let's see. Bro, I like these ones. Bro, Luca is better than Prime's James, Prime's James Harden. Just because they play similar don't mean that's who he going to turn to be. So so you think that... So someone thought made Jaden Universe think that Luca is the next James Harden. Ouch. I don't know how I feel about that one. Uh, Jaden Universe again. And Luca and Bird... 
play nothing alike. They just compare them because of color. If Luka and Tatum switch roles, Celtics win the finals last year. That's all I'm saying. So I'm curious about that one. Luka and Bird don't play similar? Tell me why. Because I think they are a little bit similar. Different, but not as different as I feel like you're making it seem. NBA GOAT. I told you we're going through your chats. We live. If anyone wants to join the show today, why not? We're going to do that too. If anyone wants to join the show, reach out and we'll send you the link. Um, and we'll have you jump on. In fact, we might just we might just put the link right in the chat and let anybody who wants to join. You know what? That's what we're going to do. Here's the link. We crazy on Thanksgiving. Here is the link. Let us know if you want to join. Uh, I don't care about last year. We talking about. I don't care about last year. We talking Jason Tatum clears him easily. So we got Jason Tatum saying that they clear easily. Ozzy jumped right on. We'll get to you in one second, Ozzy. Tell us in the chat what you want to talk about. We are screening. We're not just going to let you guys in willy-nilly. Um, so come in the chat. Just tell us what you want to talk about, and then we'll bring you on. Jaden. All right. Oh, here we go. Bubba Guts. All right. So we got a couple of people jumping in who want to be on the show. So let's go um, in the chat. So Ozzy, A Sturdy, Bubba Guts. All right. Put in the chat what it is you want to talk about. Once I see that in the chat, we'll have you come on live. Um, I, I, we don't know. Listen to anyone who's to the moderators. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who these people are. We're just crazy and we're inviting people on. So um, here we go. Guys, I'm waiting. I need to see what in the chat. Ozzy, I see you got your headphones in. So in the chat, you got to tell me what it is you want to talk about. Oh, here we go. Lucas Trajectory. All right. Ozzy's joining us. Ozzy, what's good? Hello. We can hear you. We can hear you. What's going on? I'm good, man. How you doing? How's your Thanksgiving? Uh, I'm in Canada. I didn't have a Thanksgiving, unfortunately. Oh, I'm um, Canadian, I, too. It was in October, but my day was good. I, wor- I worked a regular day, unfortunately. I'm good. I'm How was glad. your Thanksgiving? Big? I'm, I'm Canadian, too. I'm from oh. Toronto. Yeah, so... Mine was also well, back in October, but well, then then there you go. We both had to work today. So what's going on? So you got Luca's trajectory. Sure. So today, Canada in the house. Yeah. Um, today, what do you got? So I saw a TikTok about this a, cu- a couple days ago, and it was someone comparing Luca's offensive, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess you could say offensive game or bag per se to Harden's, like a lot of their different moves and stuff. And I think it's a topic of conversation that a lot of people talk about. But with the current constructed team that the Dallas Mavericks have, you can make a case that it could turn into, well, it already is. But in the long run, you can make the case that this turned into, you know, back when Harden was on Houston, that type of team where it's really the the vocal point of the offense is iso ball and running through Luka. And at least in the last call it 10 years we haven't seen an offense win an nba championship uh that's like that that's you know all runs all through one player so i guess my question would be is do you think that dallas um can find a way to get a group of guys to team up with luca or find the right team that is able to compete for a championship or do you think that he would have to go somewhere else and 
team up with another all-star caliber player in order to do that? Or could they improve his team right now to the point where with that style offense, he could win a championship or at least compete for one. So I'm, I brought in a sturdy. I also brought in Jeremiah. I'll answer that question uh, to start and then we'll get to you guys, uh, a sturdy and, and Jeremiah. So what have the Dallas Mavericks shown us in the past? They've shown us that they don't necessarily bring another star in, right? We saw Dirk there for a lot of years. They brought in the right pieces, a very, very veteran Jason Kidd, a defensive Tyson Chandler, uh, Jason Terry, Sean Marion. They built that team around their superstar, and they were able to win. So that is more likely what we're going to see in Dallas. But could you do that for a Jason Tatum? So Ace Dirty wanted to jump in and say Tatum or Luka. Who you got? Uh, salute everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody in chat. Uh, I, I've got Luca slightly over Tatum now. And shout out to Tatum for improving as a playmaker, as a finisher, as well as as a defender to even make this a conversation. But the reason why I got Luca as a better player, even though Tatum is a better defender, the rebounding is about equal. The um, scoring is Luca. The playmaking is Luca. And overall impact is Luca as well. I personally believe if they you were to switch both Tatum and Luca hypothetically, that the Celtics would probably win a championship with Luca instead of Tatum, primarily because what Luca does best complements the what the Celtics need on the offensive end. And I believe with the additional help such as Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Malcolm Brogdon, Luca does not need to have that high of time and possession, nor will he ha- have the ability to dribble the ball out and make the offense as stagnant as we've seen with the Dallas Mavericks. So just cut it short, I believe as an individual player, Luka is a better player. And I think, however, I think Jace Tatum closed that gap and he's a better situation. So, so most people would say it was Luka and it's not close. Are you saying, much like our title, uh, Jason Tatum and Luka are closer than you think? Yes, I'm saying I'm saying if you if you were to rank them, I would say Luca has to be top five, and Jay Tatum is not is like seven 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 or eight anywhere six to eight. I think yeah, I think Luca's definitely solidified himself as a top five player, but I think you also have to acknowledge that Tatum would be considered in most people's eyes a top eight player. So although I agree and I would take Luca, I think it is significantly closer than a lot of people do think. Okay. Um, we have your goat, not my goat, but your goat, um, Tatum, Tatum or Luca, and why? I got Luca. Um, I love, I like Tatum's defense, but uh, I think the Boston Celtics without Tatum would still be a good defensive team. Um, although Luca's defense isn't as good, I just feel like his scoring like outweighs his bad defense and uh, as uh. As they said, like the rebounding is the same, basically. Um, assist not close because Lucas point uh, point guard slash shooting guard. But I just got Luca. His offense is just like kind of unstoppable. Like he's a great offensive player, and his unit defensively is not close to the Celtics. So he's not even good. He's not going to look as good as Tatum is. So that's my reasoning. So how would you rank? This is all, all three of you. All four of you. We brought, let's start with Jeremiah. How would you rank, first of all, Luca or Tatum? 
And then how would you rank? How would you rank uh, their offense and defense, like out of ten? I can hear him. Yeah, we can hear. Can you? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, I definitely have JT as the better defender. I mean, we've seen in the series against the Nets that uh, he can take on that challenge guard somebody like a KD. I know a lot of people look at that maybe as like an outlier series or something, but it wasn't just for a game or a couple games. He guarded Kevin Durant pretty well that entire series, so I definitely have JT as a better defender. In terms of offense, I gave it to Luka. I mean, the passing, his ability to score. I mean, if if I remember correctly, I believe that Luka averages well over 30 for his postseason career. I think he averages uh, 32 or 33 a game in the postseason, which is amazing for a guy who's only been in the league four years. So in terms of offense. All right, you're lagging, so we're going to have to go to Youngblood. Um, surprising, I'm going to have to say JT. I mean – his years of what he did back when he was a Celtic, each year he has increased getting better and he slowly just became a better defender last year. And yeah, you can say Luca, Luca offensively, yeah, but the game works both sides. So I'm gonna have to take JT because offensive and defensively. And then last year he took a bigger stride in his game and taking more mid rangers. And I don't think people really realize that Luca was playing with pros. While he was 16, so he helped. He had a felt for the game of you know how to manipulate the game and how to work with more spacing and more timing. Like that's all he. That's what he was talking about. But with JT, you see it. Like you see it every day, and you know when JT takes over a game, it's serious. Like look what he did game six against the Bucks last year. It was like they could not stop Tatum. And that when he's on a roll like that, you just can't deny that he has that same offensive power that Luca has. He doesn't have the rebounding or the assists, like the look-away assist, but you can't take away the fact that his offensive game is taking a stride each and every year, and his defense is just only getting better from here. All right, so you got JT over Luca. Thank you, young blood. Chill is in the house. I am so sorry. I'm late. Thanksgiving, I, was had, I had some technical difficulties. I, my, 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 my charger was bugging out on me. I'm late. I'm 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 good though. I'm good. I'm I'm well Haley I'm, said that she ate too much turkey and she's sleeping. Yeah. Uh, we, we we had some people on. Who would you have on there for a second, Tone? I, I brought I, I let everybody come in and they're welcome to come back. Right. Uh, they're just they're they're not off. They're just sitting off screen for a minute. Right, right. I got it. Because you're, you're gonna you're gonna tell us and then Ozzy, your goat, Jeremiah are all still sitting in the queue. Don't go right. anywhere, guys, if you want to come back on. Right. I was crazy. I just threw I threw the link. Right in the chat. Come through. That that is it's Thanksgiving. Right. So that's what we're doing. I'm thankful for everybody in the chat. So we're gonna that's, let them come on. That's, that's what we're doing. But first, because everybody in the chat was asking, where are you at? What are your thoughts on this? Because I I got Luca. Right. But I think it's close. I feel like you have Tatum because you've been telling me. We're gonna have this conversation about Jason Tatum as the MVP. So and it, and it looks like we're having it. We all look like Luka, it looks like, it looks like we're having it. I think that the supreme offense outweigh great offense and 
is it great defense? Really good defense? Where well, would you rank that defense? The the gap isn't as as far as other people think it is. Number one, when I think about Jason Tatum as an offensive player, he's improved every year, right? And not only has he improved every year, he's improved every year to the point where he's now become a legit number one. I couldn't say that about him two years ago, that he was a legit number one. I could say that about him now, that he is a legit number one. Defensively, I think that's where the gap is closing dramatically because I watch his ability to defend off the ball. I watch his ability to defend on the ball. Now, some people sometimes get they get tricked on with the idea that you're a good defender, but it's masked because you're on a good defensive team. Well, that's not the case with Jason Tatum. The fact that he's on a good defensive team, that enhances how much better a defender that he is in terms of his ability to rebound. That's improved. I mean, he had 13 rebounds last night, right? 13 rebounds last night. Now, the in-between game is where it he hasn't figured that out yet. I mean, he's still living on the long ball line, and I'm not particularly fond of that. But once he puts that mid-range in his game where it's more consistent, I think we're going to have a serious conversation about him being the best player in the game. Serious one. All right. Any comments? I'm going to go through you, you, you four that are on right now. And then I got four waiting. So I'm not being rude, but once you guys speak your kind of 30 second piece, I'm going to, I'm going to roll out the next four. Cause I want to give everybody a shot. So we'll start Ozzy. Um, yeah. what, what do you think about that? I, I agree with what almost everybody has said as of yet. The one thing that I don't necessarily know if I agree with is that if you were to switch Luca and Tatum and put Luca on the Celtics and Tatum on the Mavs, I don't know if the Celtics would be a better team because when I look at the Celtics, you know, it's not like, although in the off season, they did need some playmaking and they got that <coughs> in Brogdon. And I think Tatum has become a bit of a better passer as well. I don't think you look at that team and you say, you know, we need a Luca superstar, hold the, not hold the ball, but, high usage type player rather than a guy like Tatum who can score a three level scorer who can defend who's long who's big so yeah like I said I don't necessarily know if you put Luca on the Celtics that that ends up being a better team it obviously looks better on paper but you know just like we saw with the Lakers and just like we saw with the net with the Nets just because it looks good on paper doesn't mean that it's going to work and doesn't mean that the fit's going to be right. With that also being said, though, you got to take into consideration how that Dallas unit was built. That Dallas unit is built around Luka and it's built around his skill set. If Jason Tatum was on that crew, they would have to build that unit around his skill set, just like what the Boston Celtics did, them building that unit around his skill set. Luka is a different type of player. If that if if Jason Tatum was on that crew, I don't think that that's a fair comparison to just switch them because Luca does different things than Jason Tatum does. And they built that unit around his skill set specifically, just like Jason Tatum does different things with Boston. And they built that unit around his skill set. Right. But so before you came in, one of the other guys said, you know, if you were to switch them, he thought that the Celtics would be a better team. Would you agree with that? And would no, you I say, wouldn't. No, I would not agree with that. Mm -mm. I, so I think that if you put Luke on the Celtics, I think they would be a worse team. I do than believe if they that. Had Tatum, which is what right. I was trying to say. Right. Though, I all I do think though, if you gave it time, they could change their offensive system, like you said, formed around Luca, and you could potentially have some success there. But I think Tatum is a more. Your time's running out, Ozzy T. Sweezy. What do you think? You're on. You're on mute. You're on mute. Sorry about that, man. What's up, man? It's my first time on here. Uh, welcome, welcome. This is our first time doing this. <laughs> Chill. Are you nervous? No. Oh. <laughs> anyway, oh, that's just talking to me. I'm sorry. 
I, no, I, I was I was asking Chill if he was nervous because I got to tell you guys a quick, quick, quick something before you tell us about your Luca uh, versus Tatum. Um, when I do my TikTok lives, I occasionally open it up like this and let people come on. And the first time I ever did it, some dude um, came on and and wasn't wearing any clothes. So that's why I say I'm nervous because this is YouTube. So who knows what the hell we're going to get. So uh, FYI, if you guys do anything crazy, I'm taking you off. Go ahead, T-Sweezy. Now it's all you. Okay, I'm a Celtics fan, by the way. Um it's, the question is who better out of Tatum and Luca, right? Is it is well? It's who's better, and do you think it's close? Because most people are saying Luca, and it's not close with Tatum. Like he's significantly better than Tatum. No. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, this year they both top five players. Um. Luca is a more uh, dominant offensive player. He's a better decision maker. He's a better playmaker. Um. He's a better shot creator. Tatum is a better all around player. Tatum does more things than Luca. You feel me? Uh, I agree with the other guy. If Luca was on the Celtics, they'll be more worse because he doesn't compete on both ends of the floor. Uh, Tatum, uh, he he jacked up too many threes. If Tatum was more aggressive, like like more aggressive, like LeBron and Giannis, like he would be unstoppable. But Tatum doesn't have that dog in him yet. You know what I mean? But Tatum is slowly becoming a a one A type of guy. You know. A 1A type of guy? What do you mean when you say a 1A like, type of guy? Like LeBron, Giannis, you know, Curry, you know. So being a, so being the number one on a unit? Yeah, because him and Jalen Brown take turns, but he's not fully a 1A guy. He's absolutely a 1A guy. No question about that. They've proven that Jason Tatum, they run that offense through him. Not only do they run that offense through him, he is the anchor on their offense. Jalen Jalen Brown has been wildly inconsistent. That handle isn't nearly as sharp as it should be with him. Even though he might be a little, even though he might be a better athlete than Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum is a better all-around offensive player than Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown scores in bunches, and I can't, I, I won't fight that. But Jalen Brown has proved, not Jalen Brown, I'm sorry, Jason Tatum has proven he's gotten to the point where he is the number one on this unit. Now, when we get into the conversation about him being a number one overall, like like in the league where we start talking about him as the best player in the game, we're not there yet. But on his unit, he's definitely the best player on that team. All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Young Africa, who wants to ask about two-way impact overtakes elite offense. Young Africa, I do, I do. It's an interesting conversation, and um, I personally feel like it's very close, whichever way you go. And so, I got a question for you, Fluent and Chill. When does two-way impact of a player who has very good offense, and you can say very good defense? Overtake an elite offensive one-way player every time. Every time. Every, every time. Not every, not every other time or every third time. Every time. I've stood. Me and Tone have gone back and forth with this all the time. The cheese is not extra. It comes with the burger. You are not a great player when you only play on one side of the ball. If you are elite on both sides of the basketball, you are a great player. If you're if you're only elite on one side of the basketball, you're a specialist. If you're a defender and a rebounder, that's what you are. You're a specialist. But if you elite as a defensive player and as an offensive player, you're a complete player. That's where the greatness comes so in. So would we say Tatum? Would we say Tatum is elite on offense and defense right now? I'm not. Not yet. Not, not defense. Not not he's getting there. He's, he's getting elite. There, though, he's getting he's, there. Though. He's definitely elite. He's showing it year defense. after year that he can be elite, but it just it's taking time. All right, yeah, well, that's got... why it's an interesting question because when does a two-way player who's not elite on defense, but is you can call him an elite offensive player in what he's producing this season, overtake an elite one-way player? Because I feel like Luca's usage and his one-way elite offense, you can claim a lot of it 
is is hyped up more because of his usage and how he's what his role is on the team. If 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 Jason Tatum is on a team like that, he could put up 35, 10, and eight if he wanted to on that level. So so that's why I asked the question. So so would you guys take players like KD, Steph, and 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 choose a two-way player over guys like that? Or is their offense elite enough? It depends on the two-way player. I take player. I, 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 It's just me. It, de- it depends on the two-way the, the deep. He doesn't have to play great defense. It's just defense enough to where it's like, okay. Because he's just like with the Warriors with Steph. Steph's not an elite defender, but he has defenders around him that makes it predicate to where, you know, he is an okay defender to where he has help back there. Yeah, but the so difference he- is, the difference with that is, the difference with that is, is eventually you're going to run up on somebody that got the same O as you, and there's going to be a separatable. Well, a prime example would be in the 19 series when Steph Curry, as good an offensive player as he was, he ran up on Leonard, who was a defender, and that was the difference in that series. So if I'm going, if I'm looking at KD, the difference with KD, I'm taking Giannis because Giannis is better on the backboard. Giannis is better on the defensive end. Giannis is a better playmaker. When I'm thinking about better players, I'm thinking about a better all-around player than I'm looking at an offensive force. Because when I think about an offensive force, I think about the idea that we cannot just outscore you. At some point, we have to shut you down. And if you want to be, if you want to be in that category with great players, you have to be able to play on the other side of the basketball too. All right, so let's go SSJ. Gabe? Yes, yes. I feel like I've seen you in the chat before. Welcome on. Uh, I know you had a question about a different player, yes. but let me ask you first, Tatum or Luka, and then and then ask your question. Um, right now, I feel like Luka Doncic is better. Like like everybody's been saying, like Tatum's obviously better on, on defense, sorry. But what Luka brings on the offensive end is, to me, by far better than what Tatum is. Like his playmaking ability is insane out of this world for what he – like at his age especially. And like I feel like that has to go with when he played overseas. He already has that experience to play against other pro players. And like he said before, like, oh, it's easier to play in the NBA than it is overseas because of the rules that they have. So to me, Luca is by far the better player right now. It's interesting you mentioned that, far. Tone. Yeah, by I'm far, not, yes, by far. I'm, I'm not gonna say by far, but it's interesting it you mentioned that. It's interesting you mentioned that about Luca saying that it's tougher to play overseas than it is to play over here. Meanwhile, he complains more than anybody in the league. That is as, true. Di- as difficult as it is. His complaining is down though. No, uh, it isn't. Young, Tom. Young blood, just so you know, I'm moving you out to let someone else come in because I want to stick at six, but you can hang out if you want to come back. Um, sorry, so sorry, go back to that. So you think Lucas still complains a lot? Oh, he, that's all he does. Anytime he gets hands put on him, anytime he goes to the basket and he gets a bit of a bump, the first thing he does is he's looking at the there's, official there's and a he's lot looking of for the whistle. Complain like that though. But, well, the reason, but, but the, don't they do that because it works? Isn't that isn't that really the league and the refs who allow that? Because when you know when you complain, what happens the next time down the court? You get the call. Get Very the true. That's corny though. I'm, yeah, I'm so, I, I I'm, agree I'm, that it's corny, but but. It works. I, I, I just have a difficult time with it because I mean that's the way the game is today, and referees have they've kind of scaled back and have have made guys now play more through contact than they did in the past. That's why you see guys' production dipping, like James Harden when he was playing, uh, like KD his his production went the other way slightly. Luca, that's why his field goal percentage goes the other way because he takes more shots and he's on a worse unit, but. These guys complain about getting hands put on them. These guys complain about minimal contact. I think that's the way the game is today. But Luca does it the most of all the guys that I've seen. 
I mean, his his idol is LeBron James, you know. And if you <laughs> look at now. LeBron <laughs> and the Cavs, he did whine a lot. He did whine a lot. Uh, well, he he well, started well, do, he he started doing that again because yeah, Tony, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. He did that because that's the way the game was going. Right. When James first showed up, he was playing through contact with no problem. You didn't see it. That's the way the game started going the other way when the institution of the long ball got got implemented in it and you wanted to see more offense and guys ha didn't have to play through contact. Well, if that's the way the game is played, that's why you see these guys complaining when they got hands put on them because, well, wait a minute. Right. There's nothing going on when I go to the basket. So somebody, somebody put hands on me. You're not blowing the whistle. Why are you not blowing the whistle? You've been blowing it. So, of course, guys are going to start complaining more. But I think Luca. The problem that I have with Luca is the fact that he tells me that the Euro League is tougher, yet he complains the most of the officials. If you had to play through more contact in Europe, then why are you complaining so much here? I, I feel like part of that is part of that is like trolling. <laughs> I feel like he trolls a lot of times. All right, so hold on a second, big. Hold on, big. I, I'm just gonna call you big because I ain't calling you big boy. Um, yeah. Gabe, you had a question. It wasn't Luca. Um, it wasn't Luca. Tatum specific, but go ahead and ask the question because it is a, a player on my team. So we're gonna let you let you talk about it. Before I get to that, another thing I wanted to add with Luca, the way I feel like um like how he differentiates from Tatum as well is like the way he controls the game. He plays it as like his own pace every single time. And I don't see that from Tatum, in my opinion. Like he doesn't slow down the game when he needs to the way Luca does. Like everybody plays at Luca's pace, and it's it's like it's like you're watching art on the court in my opinion that's well, why i like luka Doncic better and a lot of the reason the, a lot of the reason for that is because that offense is built specifically around him number one number two he's responsible for all of their offense just so you know that team last night went without luka they went eight for 24 on the long ball at one point they were one for 16 luka was the one who's controlling the offense because that offense is built around him that's why it looks the way it does if luka was on another team where he had another guy like donovan mitchell like bradley bill that he could go through specifically for buckets i think he would look different I don't, um, okay but my other question i wanted to say and yeah so obviously we've seen we've seen the way anthony davis has been playing he's been a, a monster for the last what is it four games now since lebron's been out so my question is, with LeBron coming back tomorrow and now Dennis Schroeder being back and Thomas Bryant being back and the way that they gave the Suns a game without LeBron, I feel like I wanted to say if Anthony Davis, I'm not going to say the way he's been playing, but if he like averages 28 points and 15 rebounds-ish and LeBron comes back fully healthy and doesn't like miss an expensive, an extensive amount of time, do the Lakers become a problem in the West or do they stay like bottom play and see type team. Jay, you think the Lakers are the worst team in the league. So if I LeBron do. comes back healthy, mm -hmm. you know, he's been away from the team for a couple of weeks. He's been pumping full of his HGH. He's powered up. He's back. <laughs> in. He's got his, I mean, his spinach. Um, does he come back? Does he come back and make the Lakers a threat <laughs> in the West? I meant okay. spinach. I meant spinach. I meant spinach. Oh, I, 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 I'm sorry, Tony. You threw me off with that one. But <laughs> anybody else, anybody else, LeBron me up with that one. But the point that I, where, where I was going with that was the way that Anthony Davis is playing now. That was the plan, right? When they got him, James yeah. was the beginning of the eight, the eighteen nineteen season. That was the beginning of the end of James. What I mean when I say that is he was starting to break down. So when you bring Anthony Davis in, 
I'm going to play off you. I'm going to still be able to do me, but I'm going to play off you. And that was working. Not only was it working, they won the NBA championship. Only problem was Anthony Davis broke down, which means that James had to have the dominant space again. And with him having a dominant space, he started breaking down more. He wants Anthony Davis to have the dominant space. He wants Anthony Davis to play on the box, in the mid post, in the mid range. He wants him to be that so he can play off of him and be more effective. Russell Westbrook is the same way. If they can do that, like I said, Tony, I'm having a difficult time seeing these dudes miss the playoffs when they're healthy. But the way that they're playing right now, they weren't playing. The way that they were playing, they weren't playing to their strengths. They're playing to their strengths now, which is Anthony right. Davis being that guy. And if they if, if they could continue that, again, I don't expect 35 and 15. But if I could get, no, 20, yes. if I can get yeah, 27 yeah. and 12, I'm good. Right. And I think they'll be rolling. Um, so so I'll, I'll, add, I'll, I'll answer that. If LeBron comes back healthy and they – and this is the biggest if. It's not if he's healthy. I think he'll. I think he's healthy. If he and AD stay healthy, and to Jay's point, if they play this style, right? Because if they go back to just ball-dominant LeBron, ball-dominant Westbrook, and they don't run it through AD, like you even saw in the bubble, right? I, I said it multiple times, and people tried to fight with me. LeBron was the best player. AD was the most, the most important, important player. player. And right. it's the same thing when the offense runs through AD. I know I'm saying a lot of the same things, but it's true. Runs through AD. It's smooth. Can't it's, be dangerous. It's very so, smooth. So so they can't, especially here's the thing too. We, there's a lot of teams in the West that have surprised us, both positive and negative. Right. right? Utah. Can they keep it up? I don't, I don't know. Um, who else, who else is up there that surprised? Uh, the Sacramento. Golden, Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento. How about Portland being number one? And Portland too. Portland. They're, they're doing right? very There's good. three or four teams that have Trail been like, are they, are they overachieving? Yeah, no, because think. here's the thing. It was just last year that some teams like Cleveland, Chicago, for the first half of the season were one, two, three seeds. And then what happened as the rest of the season went on? They kind of all came back down to earth. So if Portland, if Utah, if Sacramento, if they all start coming back down to earth, I don't know about the Warriors. I think the Warriors will start to pick it up. But there is a chance for look at the Clippers now again. Oh, missing, and we'll talk about them in a second. Clippers missing K, uh, Kawhi and Why? PG again. Are they going to come back down to earth? So even though they're, I think they're the fifth seed. So there's an opportunity right now for the Lakers to be like, hey, these teams that are that are kind of in those one and three and five spots. The standings are close too. They're catching. The standings are close too. It's like yeah. everybody's like a game behind each other. Yeah, and, and and to the people in the in 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 the chat saying people come they came back down to earth because of injuries, that's another thing. That's a part of the game. Just imagine, just imagine the Warriors right now. I I wish this on no one. What happens if Steph gets hurt? They look like a guard. They look like trash. We, we saw it when Steph, he when he hurt his right? hand. When he missed they were one dead game. Last. Yeah. So so there's 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 an opportunity there for the Lakers. All right. Um, I want to get to the super. Actually, no. Let me go to uh, I think Big Boy and I I hoop Galaxy. Uh, joined. Uh, so let's get your questions and your thoughts on Luca and Tatum. Uh, Gabe and Ace Dirty, I'm going to move you out for a minute. Stay on if you want to come back on. Um, I Hoop Ga- Galaxy, are you ready? Are you ready? Yo. Yo, what's up? Who you got? You me? Yeah, we can hear you. Who you got? Luca, Tatum, or another question? Well, basically, I had a question, actually. All right. Uh, what is it? Let's hear it. What's going on, brother? All right. So, what's going on? How y'all doing? Happy Thanksgiving. Good. 
My Good. question was, uh, how do y'all think the league would play out from the 90s till now if the uh, league uh, defenses weren't banned? I mean, if the uh, zone defenses weren't banned from the league. And it was just one on one checking as well. If, if it was just one on one, like it was in the nineties, if it was like yeah, that like one on one, man on man, man on man. man no, on I, like well, I want to be clear on the question because I heard a different question. Do you want? Are you asking what if the nineties had zone, or what if they never allowed the zone? No, I'm saying okay. So basically, from from okay from na- from the nineties until now, how do you think the league would turn out if zone defenses were like banned? I mean, oh, if, if they were they banned, banned. They were from, banned. Like, you know how they, you know, you know how they, you know, they changed it and they mm-hmm. let zone. Okay, so so in, in two thousand and one or two, whenever when they when they said okay, zones allowed. Yeah, well, two thousand. Do they still have? Do they still yeah, have the three second they, rule? Uh, let the zone defense allowed. Do they still? So yeah, they still. Yeah. They st- so they implement the three second rule or no? Tone, you're talking about the three second defensive. No, they don't. No, yeah, they, they keep everything defense. the same. They keep everything mm-hmm. the same. They keep everything. So the same. everything's the same. So, uh, so the center uh, has to get has to get out of because that was the thing when there was no zone. Yeah. The the center typically the center of the shot blocker was in the key, but he had to get out in three sec. Right. Yeah. No. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No. Right. Sorry. Defensively, no, he did yeah, not have yeah, to get out of the key. I'm yeah. saying, but like you know, back then a lot of the uh, point guards would come up and dump the ball off to the uh, center down the block. You know, get the offenses started that way. A lot of the offenses this in today's league don't do that. Yeah, you know what I'm I just like I just want to be clear because the rules why. that came in were zone and the defensive three seconds. So we're saying that doesn't happen. Right. Right. Okay. Everything. Everything stays the same. Everything stays the same. Doesn't, All right. Chill, chill. I'm no going to let you answer that first, but first I'm going to give everybody just a stat here real quick. So from the 90s to today, no zone. So everything, the defense stays the same. They never make mm-hmm. a change. Yeah, We know yeah, that yeah, the defense was declining every single season in the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, and it was slowing down to where the early 2000s was the slowest pace, I think, ever in the history of the NBA. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. The other thing, just to keep in mind, on a- the average NBA team, I know some play a lot more, average NBA play team plays 4 to 5% of their possessions in a zone and are scored on one more point per possession when you play against the zone versus man-to-man. I don't know if that means anything to your answer. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving you that information. Take it away, sir. I think okay. that this, I, I don't think that we would, be, we would be playing the way we play today. I think it would be much more difficult, not just on, not just on big guys, but it will also be difficult on smaller guys too, because you know, with the implementation of the, of the long ball, that speeds the game up. But you got bigger players who, if there's no ability to help, there's no three-second rule in terms of defense. Well, guys like Steph Curry, guys like Damian Lillard, you know, when you got bigger guards like DeMar DeRozan, you know, they snatching them dudes and taking them down to the block and getting one-on-one situations with them as opposed to the game being as wide open as it is and, you know, being able to exploit illegal defense more. I think that they would take right. these guys in the post a little bit more. I think these guys would play more in the mid-range than they did, than they do now. And I think that scoring would I think scoring would still be up, but I think that it would be a detriment to a lot of a lot of perimeter players because you can't help on the block nearly as much as you can. You can't help on the block back then as much as you can today. So the smaller guards, you know, offenses would be tailored around getting smaller guards. And getting guys like the Detroit Pistons, Chauncey Billups, a part of their offense was him going in the post. And he was 6'3". So mm-hmm. if you get smaller guards like Damian Lillard, um, 
Steph Curry. If you get bigger guards on them, they going in the block. They going on the block. They're going on the block defensively, and they're going to have to deal with bigger guards like Devin Booker, like DeMar DeRozan, guys like that. And I think it'll be tough for them, especially not being able to have help. Also, I got a question. I got a question. I don't mean to interrupt. But do you think the physicality would like also still be how it was in the 90s as well? Yeah, I think I, like I, I, I never I never bought into the logic of physicality. Guys, basketball players adjust to physicality. The reason why they don't the reason why they have a difficult time with it now is because the game isn't played like that. If they play if James Harden played in the <laughs> 90s, if LeBron James played in the 90s, if Steph Curry played in the 90s, they would have to adjust to the physicality. They wouldn't quit. They would just adjust to it. And I think that if that was going on today, they would adjust to it. So so here, here's here's a different in that part of, of right. the conversation. So one, one of the things that came out of this kind of the zone happening or the zone rule coming into effect was teams because the best way to break a zone is to shoot. Right. Yeah. Like, and as a shooter, I used to love zones because it gave me pockets to, to find where I could get mm -hmm. open shots. It was great. What would what I believe would have happened yeah, if there was no zone, kept the zone? Yeah, if they kept the zone out of the game, the thing about the physicality. So here's where I differ is I think it was getting to the point, you know, when we were seeing games like 88, 84, 81, 74, that's not entertaining basketball. It wasn't like for for purists, maybe, but for like TV deals and revenue right. and casual fans. That's not what they want to see. Now, I don't know how many people watch mm -hmm. hockey. I don't, but I'll give you, I do know this much about hockey. In the same time, in the early, I want to say the mid 90s, they did this thing called the neutral zone trap, where they would trap the, the guy who was bringing the puck up the ice. And games were 0 0 all the time. And they're like, they banned it from hockey because they're like, it's boring. It won the New Jersey Devils a Stanley Cup, but they're like, this sucks. The reason I bring that up, that, that's what was happening in, in basketball. If you look at the early 2000s, right, that's why a team like the 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 Detroit Pistons, right, it was all defense, no superstar, just five really, really good players that played really right. good defense. They would have eliminated the physicality mm -hmm. out of it, like they would have called those fouls because they wanted to open up the game. That's right. why they put in the zone. So they still would have done this just in a different way. I mean, way. it worked. You know what I'm saying? They so, got a chip out of it. Yeah, yeah, it worked. It got them what they wanted. So, if again, if you're eliminating the zone – one, we would still see some superstar players, right? Like there, you know, we would have we'd be seeing oh, way more sure. ISO ball. But even if you look at today, 70% of possessions are what? It's pick and roll. That's the number one offense still in the NBA. So you're still gonna see that. And I think they would remove some of the physicality by calling fouls tighter, and you'd have to lay off your man. So it still would have opened up the game. Right. So I I think as much as it would have uh -huh. changed slower i still think their mandate would have been to increase offense so that's what they would have done so the players would have adjusted there wouldn't have been you'd still would have seen the superstars all the same teams probably still win i don't think anything really again because it's only four to five percent of possessions or zone i don't you know you might still see you might still see some some teams with the superstar i think creates more of a um those teams would of still course, be dominant because just right. Like, good. yeah, I don't think a lot changes because they don't play zone as much. Um, and for all the things that like where people say like, you know, chill said it too, right. Oh, you don't have as much help because you can't be in a zone. You have to kind of stay with your man. Well, that still opens up something else. So when, once you get beat, you have to come and help. Someone is open. So the, again, all those players would adjust. So the, the LeBrons, the Tatums, the, 
uh, Hardens, the Stephs, they all would have adapted and found a way, so they'd all still be great. So I don't think much. I don't think much actually changes. Personally, mm-hmm. yep. You know that's that's another thing when you know when we talk about eras. This person couldn't play in that era. That are nah, dude. If you were a great player, you you adjust and you would be just fine in any era. So, all right. Um, let's see. We're gonna do. I'm gonna put you guys on hold here for a minute. Um, if you have a question, throw it in the, into the chat. Um, Jay, let's get to, we have a couple of super chats, so we'll do, a, we'll do super chat. Yep. Let me go here. Uh, let's see. What do we got? I think I got a super chat. Yes, we got two of them. So Andrew G wants to know as a Celtics fan, I'll say Luca is better than Tatum. No debate, but I do think he is top eight right now. I am mad because I thought Tatum would dominate like Luca when I saw what he did in 2018. They went to the NBA Finals last year, Andrew. Not only did they go to the NBA Finals, Jason Tatum has improved every year, and he has improved every year dramatically. Offensively, defensively, he's getting better. The fact that there's no debate, that tells me that you aren't watching Jason Tatum. That tells me that you you aren't paying attention to his game overall. You're just looking at what Luca is doing, how inefficient he is. Not only how inefficient he is shooting the long ball, how inefficient he is from the stripe. Luca had a stretch, I think, last year where he was shooting like 60% from the stripe. I can't have my I can't have my best player, my primary ball handler, shooting shooting 66, 65% from the stripe. So the idea that it's no debate, that's not true. The gap is a lot closer than you think it is. I don't. I still think that there's a gap there between Jason Tatum and Luca, but it's not as far as you think it is. It's a lot closer than you think it is, and you need to give your man a lot more credit because you have a franchise player on your team in Jason Tatum. I think you really need to do that. If I were, if I were to rank, like put a number on it, and I'm being real general, yeah, say Luca's offense is a nine. I would say Tatum's is an eight, right? But Luca's, in comparison, Tatum's defense is a seven, and Luca's is a five, which makes that gap closer. I just think that people look at offense and they value it more. So they go instead of going 50 50 offense, mm-hmm. defense, they go 80 20. And I think it's more 60 40. Like I do believe offense is more important than defense. I do, but I think it's close. I think that part is closer than people think. Because I think it is. People go 80-20, 90-10. Some people go offense and don't care about defense at all. But if you're making an elite player, I think it's 60-40. And so that's why I think it's closer. I got Luka by a hair, but I think Tatum this year so far has shown me he has he did take that step. I was waiting for that step. Every time you said he's going to be an MVP conversation, I said, what did I say? I said, he has to take that step. He has to take yep. that step. So far this year, He's taken that step and he's been more consistent. And that was my biggest issue with him. Yep. And they don't value it. They don't value the defensive end of the floor tone because of exactly what you just got finished talking about, where the game was predicated a lot back in the days on defense. So now that the game has been more offensive oriented, that's primarily what people care about. They care about the guys scoring and they don't really care about. And I was I was actually going to talk about this. Like, where are what happened to Dennis Rodman tone? What happened to Scotty Pippen. What happened to the lockdown defender on the perimeter? It was way more than one. It was way more than two. It was way more than three. Way more back then. Today, how many lockdown defenders do you have on the perimeter? Lockdown? Lockdown. I think, I think we have half a dozen. 
good per, like really good defense, really good perimeter defenders. It, it starts getting foggy down? with me, Tone. Two, two. It gets foggy with me after after Drew Holiday and when Leonard was healthy. It gets foggy after that. Well, yeah, no, I and, and I agree. That's what I said. But again, that's not the um, the emphasis because they have it 80 yeah. 20 90 10 it's hey can you score cool come here and it's hey let's just outscore like how many teams do we see that just let's just outscore the other team right right and so if you're let's just outscore the other team that's not where you, right how many players great players great players let, let me take a break let me take a break on de- on defense because right. it's it's very it's strenuous right defense right. takes a lot out of you because they need me on the offensive end every great player has done it throughout history where it's here, you take the number one assignment, or I'm going to take a playoff or whatever because they need to be on that F- offensive end. All right, we have another one here from James Gathers. Do you think the Clippers' championship run – championship run? The paper clips? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll read the question. Do, do You paid the Super Chat, so I'll read it. Do, the, do you think the Clippers' championship run is over? Which brings us to our topic, our next topic, which is the Clippers' trade for Paul George and, and the signing of Kawhi Leonard failed if they were the process this process failed do you agree or disagree i do agree tone and i agree in the aspect that when you trade for players and you sign players like paul george you sign players like Kawhi Leonard, this isn't a process when you sign paul george in the, in the fashion that you signed him remember after the 1819 season he had gotten himself back in the conversation of being an elite player he was first team all nba he was a first team all league defender when you get Leonard back in the fold, when you get Leonard to come to Los Angeles, Kawhi Leonard, who was the finals MVP, not only was he the finals MVP, he had one of the best playoff runs that I had seen in a long time. So when you bring these two guys together, when you bring these two guys together, the logic is that we're going to win now. We're not going to win in two or three years. We're going to win now. So this thing, to get to one Western Conference championship where Leonard broke down, on the way to the Western Conference Championship, to get to one Western Conference Championship in the last three years, this has absolutely been a failed project because this was not the plan. I thought that they were a lot better. I thought they were going to be a lot better. Leonard breaking down like he's been breaking down. Paul George being inconsistent with injuries like he's been inconsistent. And Reggie Jackson has been the only the only consistent player that they've had. I mean, zubak has been great for them in terms of his rim running, in terms of his ability to rebound. But and after what we saw when they played against the Jazz, I mean, Terrence Mann hasn't – we haven't heard from Terrence Mann since then. He hasn't really given them much. But when I think about this Clipper team, I think Leonard's going to be out of the league in another year too. I think that oh, this is – I think is, he's done. I, I told you this on the panel on Tuesday. I think Leonard's done. I, 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 I think another year, Tom, maybe two years tops, and I wouldn't be surprised if I heard him announce his retirement. I, I think he's over. I think yeah. he'll be over in the next two years. So the idea of this being a championship run, the, the idea of a championship run, I'm having a difficult time seeing it. My my issue has always been with Kawhi and forever will be with Kawhi. I don't think there's a love or a passion for the game. And that's not because he's quiet. That's not because of anything else. I feel like he was really good at something. And it was like, hey, let's 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 do it because I'm really good at it. I'll make my money. You know, the whole thing with his uncle. Um doing you know dictating what teams needed to do to get his his nephew to their team right i think was a was a bad look so in terms of the clippers are you surprised when have the clippers done something that worked 
When? <laughs> when? Right? The San Diego paper clips are the San Diego paper clips, and that's who they'll, they'll always be. And so I was not surprised when it failed. But they, let's be clear. They, they got Kawhi Leonard. They traded for Paul George because he said so. It wasn't to make the playoffs. It wasn't to let them play 40 games. No. It was to it was to make an NBA final. I yeah. I would say to win an NBA final win and it. stop them yeah. from being a laughing stock. Mm-hmm. It did not happen. It did not happen. And now and now what do they do? Because now they got to rebuild again. Now they got a new stadium being built. Who's going to fill it? Cuz if they're rebuilding to your point, to my point, if Kawhi is out, if Kawhi retires at the end of next season, and you know next season he's not going to be the same guy. No. I already told you he's not playing 40 games this year. He's probably going to play 30 next year and then retire. Paul George is going along the same the same path. Now what? Now you have a brand new stadium in the Los Angeles, greater Los Angeles area that no one's going to go to. Because let's be honest, I lived in L.A. for what, eight, nine years? If your team's not good... Nobody goes to the games. Well, here's the thing, though, Tony. If we're gonna if if we're gonna be taken seriously, you have to draft seriously. You have to develop seriously. So if the Clippers, the one thing I found out about Los Angeles, because the Lakers did it, not only did the Lakers do it, there are a bunch of teams, there are a bunch of teams all over the country that have done it. If you tell the people this is the direction that we're going in, and we're rebuilding and we're starting with this guy, they will get behind you. So if the Clippers were to get into the draft and show people that they're serious. So when I hear them tell when when I hear Kobe Bryant tell me that he has the best workout that the Clippers have ever seen. When the Clippers work him out and he has the best workout that they've ever seen and they tell him, "Well, we can't draft you because the city of Los Angeles wouldn't take us seriously to draft the 18-year-old." I'm thinking to myself, "How we, first of all, they don't take you seriously anyway." That's the yeah, one. That, that was the funniest part. They wouldn't right. take it seriously. We don't. No one takes you right. seriously. Yeah, they don't take me. you seriously anyway. So if this is the logic, then the general manager and the people in the front office that has to change. And the reason why that has to change is because you guys aren't serious. So if the Clippers were to draft correctly, and not only draft correctly, Tone, but let the people know this is the way we're going. We're going to build it with this guy right here. We're starting over with him. And this is the way we're going, as opposed to selling something completely different, like bringing in Kawhi Leonard and bringing in Paul George, who have broken down. It's a tough sell. It's a completely tough sell. All right. So let me just one. We're going to get to a question. The reason I brought Gabe back on is a question from Gabe. For those that are sitting in the lounge, for those that are sitting in the lounge. So big, uh, sturdy, you, your goat. Know that Ozzy. Know that anything you're putting is not going into the chat. It's going into the private chat. So just kind of keep that in mind. I'll, I'll try to flip back and forth and see your questions, but just be, be clear. So um, Gabe's question was, and, and the reason I brought him on is because I like this question. I'll unmute you in a second. There you go. You're unmuted now. The question is, and I feel we're going to have a very difference of opinion here, which is why I want to do it. Let me find it. It was, how do you guys feel about Pat Bev's suspension? I'm good with it. I don't I don't I don't have I don't have a problem with his suspension. I do not have also a problem with him taking up for his teammate. And I mean that's part of that's part of Pat Beverly's shtick, right? And he shouldn't have to do that, even though Anthony Davis was standing right there. He can't risk getting kicked out of the game. Right. But I would like to see Anthony Davis 
show a little bit more grit. I mean, he didn't start barking until all the commotion started. And he was standing right there. But Pat Beverly, that's who he is. In terms of him being productive, he's a dirty work guy. That's who Pat Beverly is. He's a dirty work guy. He's a defensive stopper. He's a he, he's a disruption. You know, he's an irritant. That's what he is. Now, if he's going to be on your crew, this is kind of what comes with it. So you got to accept this. But he does give you other good things as well. So he'll give you good minutes on defense, right? He'll give you leadership in the locker room. He'll be he'll give you that vet. But I'm cool with the suspension. I, 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 if it was something excessive, like 15 games, that's something different. But what he did was he made he made more of a stance on his crew than he did anywhere else, letting them know that y'all got your back. Yeah. So so I'm gonna say this: three games uh, for a repeat offender, I think is is fine. So I'm okay with the. Uh, if I believe, oh, I don't even think about that. You're right. He has done something like that before. Yeah, if I, I if, about that. if I'm correct, okay. if I'm correct, because I know he did yeah, it to Chris Paul. Chris Paul in the back. Well, you heard what you heard what Devin Booker said. I want him. I, I'd like to see him push somebody in the chest instead. Of I'd like to see Devin back. Booker and start talking what, trash when he's down, though. Too to me, Devin Booker only does all that when he's up against. And that and that was going to be my point. I'm okay with three games because he's a repeat offender and he right. pushed people from the back because that's dangerous. And at of the course. end of the day, listen, they are competitors. They're going against each other. And I love what he did in the sense that stand, you know, someone standing over my teammate, I'm gonna push him, I'm gonna punch him, I'm gonna do whatever as well. I I 100 agree with him coming to the aid of his teammate. We don't see that enough, and I don't like it. But but the NBA is also a brotherhood, and pushing someone from the back like that could actually cause injury, and that's what you don't want to do. So I want Pat Bev running in. I don't care. Push him from the side. Push but or push him from the front. Don't push him from the back. I want you to push him. I want you to defend your player. Um, that's that's what I want from a teammate. That's what I want from a competitor. If I do so, if I'm standing over your teammate, I'm expecting someone to come and shove me. I'm just telling you because if not, your team is soft and you're going to lose anyways. So if I'm standing over a player, I'm expecting one of his teammates to come and 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 shove me. A hundred percent, just not from the back. Uh, but three games, like I said, for a repeat offender because it was a shove from the back. I th- I think it makes sense. I have another thing to add to that, like. How do y'all feel about what well, Aiden had nothing to do with that play? I want to know why he even involved himself in the play because he was, he was nowhere near when it happened. The thing what happened was Devin Booker went to go block Austin Reeves, hit him in the face, blah blah blah. Austin Reeves fell on the floor. Then Devin Booker for some reason wanted to chirp at Austin Reeves. I don't even know what Austin Reeves did to Devin Booker to even for Devin Booker to initiate something like that. So then he's chirping, walking away, and then Anthony, uh, uh, sorry, DeAndre Aiden comes out of nowhere to talk to Austin Reeves on the floor. Like for what? I want to know like. Well, here's here's the thing. Phoenix is what second in the West right now. Yes, they're where the Lakers should be. There's where the where the Lakers want to be. So Pat Bev is doing what he does, which is trying to irritate them. And those two teams are getting chippy because I I, I think they're they're talking as they should be to the Lakers and letting them know mm-hmm. that you guys stink because they do right now. They do. So, all right. So let's yeah. Out. So let's uh, Gabe. Give me a second. I'm going to. Let's see who else we got here. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? I don't think – I have another super chat. I don't see um, big, sturdy, or goat. Please, uh, in the private chat, just Maybe let me know if you guys want to come on no with another question. I'm going to go yep. to our super chat, and then we're not doing a, we're not doing a full two hours, just so you guys know. We're going to go maybe another 15, 20 minutes because it is Thanksgiving. Uh, mm-hmm. So here we go. Malinov. If the Nuggets fin- – <laughs> Uh, you know your name uh with the super chat if the nuggets you know i can't say anybody's name Malin. Uh, what 
Malin. But there's a V at the end. Malinev. Malinev. Yeah. If the Nuggets finish, if the Nuggets finished first in the West, mm -hmm. and Jokic averages 25, 10, and 10. Is he the front runner for the MVP? That's not enough. Nope. That's not enough. That's not enough? That's not enough. Mm -mm. 25, 10, and 10? No, oh, that's not enough. Because mm -hmm. essentially what you're telling me now is that we're giving a league that's MVP. A double. It is a triple-double. Okay, now we got we to gotta be very careful, Tone, because this is a really slippery slope. Because if I'm giving it to the best player on the best team, then I got to do that. That's got to be the theme moving forward. That's number one. Number two, this 25, 10, and 10, I mean, those numbers aren't better than what he did last year where he was 26, 13, and 8. So, and this team was in third place. So if he goes 25, 10, and 10, that wouldn't surpass what he did last year. He'd just be averaging more. He, he would be averaging more. He would be averaging, I guess, what, more rebounds or, or three more assists. But it wouldn't be because they wouldn't be in first place because of him. They would be in first place because Jamal Murray is back. They will be in first place because MPJ is back. So that team is better as opposed to last year when the team wasn't nearly as good and he was essentially doing the same thing. So if we're going to, especially the fact that he just won the league MVP in back-to-back -back seasons, if we're going to give it to him again, if they're going to give it to him again, he's got to be, he's got to at least surpass what he did the year before. So what, what, what would he, what would he have to do? That twenty five got to be twenty nine. So, so he got to go like thirty ten and ten. Now we have now now we talking. Wow. Now, now like, we twenty five ten and ten ain't enough. No, like, it's not. Yeah, like twenty twenty eight nine nine and twelve or something along those lines. Like yeah. And 30, like 30, 12, one, 30, 12, 30, 12, and 12 eight. And nine, something like that. We got a 25, yeah. 10, and 10 ain't enough. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So he needs to put up a 30-point triple dub and Tone. be the first seed. Tone, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, MB finished second last year. He went 30 and 11. And he finished second. So if 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 we're if we're looking at Joker being a league MVP <clears throat> again this season for the third straight time, it's got to be justified. And it's got to be justified with something that's just as good as what he did last year. We, I think he went 27, 13, and, and almost 8. 25, 10, and 10 ain't enough. No, it's got to be something like 30, 11, and 9. And he's got to be at the top of the league in PER like he was last year. He's got to be at the top of the league in defensive rating like he was last year. He's got to be at the top of the league in win shares like he was last year. It's got to be something similar to that. 25, 10, and 10 ain't enough. No. All right, um, so we're gonna jump back real quick. Big, you um, you want to jump back to Tatum and Luca? You didn't, you didn't get your, you didn't get your time. So go. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that uh, I do believe the gap between Tatum and Luca at the moment that that the way they are playing right now is very close. And uh, if Tatum keeps it up, like if he's this consistent by the end of the year, I believe he will surpass Luca. Because for me, the thing that's holding back Luca. And it's going to keep holding back Luca until he focuses on it is his fitness. The double chin he has is not going to cut it compared to the other dudes like Tatum who are going to keep progressing as far as defensively, which has a lot of, a lot to do with their fitness. 
right? And uh, well, Luca has gotten himself in better shape. Yeah. He did do that. He, yeah. he did get it. He did get himself in better shape than he did last year. So I, that's I think not true. better shape doesn't yeah, he's really himself mean in better shape. Best Man, we're shape. talking about shape. Isn't Jokic super out of shape too? And he just won league MVP last year. No, so, he's not no, super out of shape. No, that's not no, true. No, that's no not but true he's saying all. like with the double chin and not Jokic. Having... Jokic did not no. have a double chin, bro. You could literally see Lucas double chin. Every Jokic, time. Jokic, Jokic. I think people think he's out of shape because he isn't very athletic. Jokic used to be out of shape, and he and he I dropped like wrong. twenty. And, and Jokic dropped, he dropped, he dropped like twenty five pounds. That's how he won the league MVP because right. he dropped like twenty five pounds. And he's okay. Luca, Luca has to get Luka's himself. In, I also think Luca's in better I shape. Think, but, yeah, yes, this year Luca's in better shape. No, yes, no, no. I think, I think I'm not saying that he's not in better shape. I'm saying he needs to get in even more better shape. When you, where, his body has the potential, but I just don't understand why he doesn't take the time to just focus down on it. How Maybe he just wants to keep on playing basketball, which is what he did this summer too. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. And uh, the other point with Luca is what Chill said, right? Uh, who is his complaining? And this is what I saw uh, with LeBron and the Cavs in 2018. LeBron used to complain a lot, and that energy of complaining spread down to the rest of the team as well. And that negative energy affected a lot of their games. And the same thing you see in the Mavs a lot of the times, especially in the playoffs. That Luca's complaining spreads that negative energy, which ends up impacting the way that they're playing. There, there is something to be said about that because I, I remember there, there are teams that they listen. Teams typically take on the personality of their best right. player, and if he's a complainer, then everyone complains. If everyone complains, the refs start to drown that out. Um, and I've refed a little bit. Jay has refed a lot of bit. And I know that if I if someone's always yapping in my ear and complaining about everything, I'm just I'm done. I'm done. I don't throw them a lot of teas, but I I just don't even listen to it. And Jay, I don't listen to him anymore. Jay, do you have the same kind of thing, or do you kind of do you I pay don't. more attention when do it, when they yapping? I don't pay more attention when they yapping. In fact, it turns me off when they yapping because we've already had a conversation the first time. Once once you come to me and tell me that something's going on, now I'm looking for it. What you're not going to do is you're not going to keep telling me. Because once you already tell me the first time, I'm mm -hmm. looking for it, and I'll blow the whistle. Now, if I don't see anything there and I don't blow the whistle and you continue yapping at me, that turns me off. I'm out. It's 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 funny. Uh, you know, I, I coach a, a team of, of young young players right now, and we were I was running a scrimmage in practice yesterday, and I had them – I'm teaching them a zone. And the guy on the bottom wing – I'm not going to mention his name because I know his dad watches the show – He'll know, so I don't want to call him out. But he comes over to me in the middle of a play. He walks over and he goes, "Hey, coach, um, somebody else. That's three seconds in the key. He didn't come out." <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, you're still playing. Play the damn whistle." I go, "Did you get a striped shirt yet?" He goes, "What do you mean a striped shirt?" I go, "You're not the damn ref." I go, "Get back and play defense." He's like, "But it's three seconds." I'm like, "Get," and it's just it's that mentality. I'm like, I don't want I don't want to hear that even like at all. Just play the damn whistle. Yeah. So I hear I hear what you're saying about Luca. Um Young I just had I just had one more comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I believe the last game, Dallas right now is sort of sort of misleading and the way that they're playing is sort of misleading because a lot of their losses are partially due to the way that Jason Kidd is coaching them, which is not playing their two best players together a lot of the times. Uh I believe this game right here with the Boston Celtics was the game that the two their two best players, Christian Wood and Luca, played the most minutes together. 
And during the course of the season, I believe by the All-Star break, this team will be a completely different team compared to what it is right now. And especially if they trade away dudes like uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and uh, Dwight Powell. So they're gonna. So Dallas is a team that's there. It's gonna be a buyer's market for them, is what you're saying? Yeah. All right. I'm, I'll be looking for that. I, I will be looking for that. And that's interesting. Yeah, I'll be looking for that. Thanks, brother. Yeah, no, no problem. problem. Uh, also, you two and, and with Dub are my favorite dudes on there, man. Oh, you that's lost it. No, you lost it. With <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Thanks, yeah. Now, now for that Dub comment. Yeah, oh, um, young young Africa had a question. I think he wants us to build build a player. I think he wants yeah. us to build a player. Let, let's let's uh, let's let's do that. Let's do that. Let's build a player. Okay. What 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 are your criteria? Build a player? Uh, I'm not sure that was my question. Oh, that's not yours. Actually. Okay, you had a question about Butler, maybe. Oh, Butler's too. I relevant. did. I did. Yeah, yeah because my, Chill um spoke before about um about two way plays always being better than uh one-way plays and, and specialists. We, we, just real quick, Chill, would you call Steph Curry a specialist? Would you call him a specialist? Yes. He plays on wow. one side of the basketball. Okay. He should have been okay. a lot better of a defender. I, he plays. He played with the defensive player of the year. He should have been a lot better defender than he was. Okay. A lot and better. And so when we do measure these two, uh, like, two-way plays versus um, one-way plays, it's really hard when you measure all-time great offensive plays. So when we bring it down to earth for guys like, for example, Jimmy Butler versus a guy like Devin Booker, how would you measure these two, and who would you say um, has more impact on winning, for example, and just being a better play? Well, Jimmy Butler took his team to the NBA Finals. He took his team to the Eastern Conference Championship in Game 7. So when he's in his prime and Jimmy Butler is rolling, I would have to stick with Jimmy Butler more because he's proven mm. that not only has he proven it, he's proven it more than once that you can – Build, I can be the number one guy, and we can go far with me as that guy. When you're talking about a guy on both sides of the basketball, Jimmy Butler isn't supremely talented as an offensive player. He's not He's, he's not going to blow you away with his athleticism. He's not super nice with the pill, right? He's not skipping in the lane and throwing it over the top of anybody. But when Jimmy Butler steps on the floor, he truly believes, I am the baddest you-know-what out here. And it's not one guy who can deal with me. And he wills his team. That, that kind of energy generates to the rest of the guys on the crew that all I need you guys to do is roll with me. I got enough heart for everybody. He'll play on the defensive side of the ball at an elite level. He's also one of the better two guards in the game as a shooting guard. So when I think about a guy that I could build it around, I would have to absolutely say Jimmy Butler. Because if, if mm. before I think before last season, the last time Minnesota was in the playoffs was with Jimmy Butler. Mm -hmm. Yep. And just one final question. Would you say that a better player always translates to being better for winning or, or, or is a better player not always a style mm -hmm. for winning and you can still be a better player, but not be better for winning at, exactly. the, end, at the same time. A absolutely. Because when I think about Adrian Dantley, Adrian Dantley was better than Mark Aguirre. Mark Aguirre was better for the Detroit Pistons. Well, when, you, better... when you say better, so let's, let me, let me clarify what I, how I'm taking this, right? When you say better, you mean put up better stats. So more, better stats don't always equal winning right yes. like production matters but it has to equate to wins right? right because at the end of the day we we argue over players and talent and skill and production and you know their stats those are the things we use but as a player i want to win i want to win and i will and i will and i will give up some of my statistics to win not just a game but a series a, a, a ring like i will give up and and 
you might not believe, not everybody might not believe this. If you look at every player who's won an NBA championship specifically, they've had to sacrifice something, something for the team. Um, and you can go down the line. Um, and that's, and that's, and that's where it becomes hard. Yeah. Right. And that's a great example. Adrian Dantley and, and Mark Aguirre. Adrian Dantley, way better, not way better, significantly better, I think, right. offensive player. Mm-hmm. But Mark Aguirre is a guy who's going to be a guy on your team that helps you win. Dantley's right. going to be a guy who gets you points. Right. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, all right. So, sorry, it was Sturdy. Thanks, Young. Uh, Sturdy was the was the one that had the question on, um, on the build a player. So, go ahead. Tell us what, what, what that setup looks like. So the ramifications is is simply if you do it quickly by uh, you build your player, you give him three strengths, one weakness, and it's by each position. So let me give you an example, right? If I told you build a perfect point guard, I would say give me the strength and athleticism of Ben Simmons with the shooting of Steph Curry, the IQ of Rondo, and his weakness is he has a turnover rate of Westbrook. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Okay. So – if you if you're gonna build your point guard, if you're gonna yeah, build so, your ultimate point guard, um, Jay, what what do you what 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 three attributes are you giving him? His ability. Hey, you gotta to give him three strengths and one weakness, right? Yep, for each position. Yep. His ability to distribute, his ability to control the tempo of the game, and his ability. Oh, to right. So, like when you, when you give him a strength, like to to help the audience, try to give him like an analysis, like like he. If, if you say like you want to be a good shooter, that's why I say like 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 a like a shooting like Steph Curry, or like right. give him give him something so, like the, so the, so the, so a yeah. strength so so a strength his ability to so his ability to handle the ball he got to handle like Kenny Anderson, right? So he got so he 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 got to handle like Kenny Anderson. That's number one. Um, he's fast like uh like John Wall. Um, and he plays deep. He passes like magic. Okay. Okay. What's his weakness? His weakness is, is he doesn't shoot it that well. And when I say shoot it, he doesn't shoot the long ball. And the reason why that doesn't bother me that much. Not shoot nah, it? He or, no, or not, not, that not that bad. No. Uh-uh. He, he, he doesn't shoot it. He doesn't stretch the defense like Steph Curry oh. would. I, even though I don't think Steph Curry's a point guard, but he doesn't stretch the defense like Isaiah Thomas would. Right? He doesn't stretch the defense like Stockton would somebody like that. So the guy that I'm thinking about, if 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 if, if that's that's what my point guard looks like. Now, all right, all right. So 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 my point my point guard. Uh, I'll try to use different players because there's a couple of the same ones. So give me give me Kyrie's handles. Yeah. Give me Jason Kidd passing. And give me Steph shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, at, with my defense, I don't even. <laughs> that's <laughs> me. This is garbage. <laughs> garbage. Just nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I, I'm I'm okay with my I'm okay with my point guard not being a great defender. It's mm-hmm. not it's not ideal, but I'm okay with. It. All right, two guard. He's he's athletic like Jordan. He shoots the long ball like Steph Curry. He defends like Sidney Moncrief. But he's not. His weakness is. What is his weakness? His weakness is that he doesn't pass it. That's why he plays the two. 
Oh, you okay. Kind of, you you kind of t- you kind of that was gonna be that was gonna be my weakness too. Um, yeah. So just uh, okay. I'll try to build. I'll try to build a different one. Give me. Um, give me like. It's, it's gonna be the same thing. Like Gary Payton defense. Um, Jordan's athleticism. Um, do I have to pick shooting guards, or can I pick different play like from a different position? Yeah, you can pick different position. Yeah, okay. Um, and give me. So I got defense. What I got? Defense. I got athleticism. Um, and give me, give me like, um, give me like Reggie Miller shooting, mm. and, and 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 his weakness, his weakness will be his. Let me, you know what? His weakness will be ball handling. He'll come off. The, he'll just come off screens and shoot. So that's why you play the two guard. I don't handle it like that's I don't, that's I, I, I don't handle it like the point guard. That's yeah, why I, I want to play point guard because I don't shoot it like the two guard. Yeah. There you go. All right. That's the wing. This the most versatile. You can go many ways with this one. The three. Well, when I think about the wing, he gets up and down the floor like James. So he's a, he's an athlete like James. He defends like Scottie Pippen. And he scores it. He defends like Scottie Pippen. And he scores it. Or not scores it. I take that back. He defends like Scottie Pippen. He's athletic like James, and he passes it like James. But his weaknesses, oh, yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's no, not, not not James. He's athletic like James. Okay. He's athletic like James. He passes it like Scottie Pippen. Okay. And he defends, not like Scott. He he defends at an elite level, but he he doesn't defend it as good as Scottie Pippen. But he he defends like Bruce Bowen. Okay. Okay. But his, okay. But, it, but, it, but his weakness is, is he doesn't score it. Mm, okay. So like a basically like a super Scotty Pippen, basically. Yes. So give me, give me, give me Bird's offensive game, mm. James's athleticism, Scotty's defense. Um, but he's not a good, he's not a good, but he's not a good passer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so Carmelo Anthony with better defense. Carmelo, yeah, maybe Carmelo with with elite defense. Yeah, I take that all day. Yeah. I would take that all day. All right, we got to get the four. Just his versatile position. What the four looks like? That's simple for me. He clean glass like Dennis. He defends like Garnett. I mean, he defends like Duncan, and he runs like Malone. Ooh. But his weaknesses, he doesn't stretch the def- he, he doesn't stretch the defense like Malone does. He, he he's limited offensively in terms of stretching the defense. He plays on a box, but he doesn't stretch the defense past twelve feet. Okay, like a Zebo. A little like bit better, better than Zebo. Definitely better than Zebo. Judge you. Man, I, I I almost want to say ditto. I was gonna say because I was gonna say rebound like Dennis, run run like Carmelo, play defense. I'll I'll take like KG. Can't shoot the three. Can't shoot the long ball. Mm-hmm. Like not not if his life depended on it. All right, five man, last one. The anchor, rim protect like Jabbar. Rebound like Olajuwon. Actually, rewind that. Rim protect like Jabal. Score like Olajuwon. 
Rebound like Chamberlain. But he can't shoot free throws. So Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, ditto. I'm gonna say ditto on that one. That's that's perfect. <laughs> All right, thanks, thanks, y'all. Right, uh, the reason why I said the, the reason why I said that is because like when you do things like that, you kind of get an idea of what position, like uh, what 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 people prefer at each position, as well as what they willing to give up on a on a typical basis. Right. So like I noticed between you guys, like for the point guard defense wasn't that much of a priority. Same thing with the two, but for the for, for the four and the five, it was a major priority. So that's that's one of the exercises I use for people. But thanks. You know, I, I I've been you know I don't know about chill, but I've been the way I grew up playing, I I wasn't a good defender, and so I was very fortunate. I had bigs behind me, so I know that if as long as I funneled them to the right spot, which I could do, like I was good at positioning, I just wasn't a defender. They they'd cover my ass, and that let me get out and transition and get open so shots. So that's just the the my mentality because that's how I always played. I whoa whoa whoa. First of all. I said at the two spot, defend like Sidney Moncrief. No, no, you said defend. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I said defend like Sidney Moncrief. Absolutely. You, if you're gonna play on a, if you're gonna play on perimeter, you got to defend. You have to. You have to defend. So, no uh, I just wanna, this is our least fluent um, post of the day. We can't see you because your comment sucks. Fluent right, doesn't go. play basketball. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. I'm 106. Well, of course, right? Not yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. But he did at one point. Thank you, Sturdy. Um, all right, I'm gonna get to our super chats, and then yep. we're gonna get back to we're gonna get back to Turkey Day. Yeah. Um, what do I got? What do I got? Where are we at? Where are we at? Here we go. Do you, fluent and chill, believe in the Harden? Oh, do you fluent believe in the Harden Luca narrative? I know Chill does. Me personally, I believe Luca is better player than Tatum, but it's closer than we think. So there's a narrative that Luca's just going to be James Harden. Is that is because that of, because because of the usage rate and how they and, and and how they're using him, how much how how responsible he is for their offense. But I, when I think about when I think about Luca, Luca actually delivers in the playoffs, and he's done that in the past. James Harden. He's gone the other way in the playoffs. I have yet to see Luca do that. I mean, James Harden showed us. I mean, you had this conversation before, Tone. You know, Maya Angelou told us when somebody shows when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Believe them. And James Harden in 2012, he showed us who he was, but we didn't believe it. Nah, he's young. Give him some time to develop. He's gonna get better. No, this is who he really is. This is really him. So, I think when I watch Luca. In the playoffs, he's actually gotten better, especially considering what happened last year. Now, Luca plays a lot with the basketball, so I think getting him on a crew with another elite scorer, I I would love to see him be able to just go to a guy for buckets. I'm not sure if he could do that though. Um, just in terms of the Luca and the Luca James, I don't I don't believe in that narrative at all. Mm -hmm. uh, to answer your question, I hope uh, there no. I don't think I think Luca works on his game. I think work. Mm -hmm. I think Luca wants to be in shape, even though some people might say he doesn't look in shape. I feel like he he works on that, and more importantly, to what Chill said, he does show up in the playoffs, yeah. and that I think has been Harden's downfall is that he doesn't show up in the playoffs as we expect him to, because yeah. people are saying, "But this game and that game, okay, 
overall, he's underperformed our expectations of him. Uh, next one up is Sharky HD mm-hmm. from uh, oh, from Jolly Old England or somewhere where they use the pound. Um, that was my right. best Mars uh, impression. How was it? <laughs> was it as good as tickets? I'll get you a tea, lad. I'll get no, you a tea. No, no. All right. Uh, I feel like that's going to be so much fun tomorrow. Like, I, listen, I'm excited for you and Rufus. I'm excited, obviously, to, to school dub, but I've obviously, obviously going to be glued. Of course. Uh, to, to Mars <laughs> because I just want to see if Mars even gets a word in. Yes. Um, so that yes, should be fun. Okay. Be. I feel like the narratives of Luca's defense is fair, but when I come to the other guards like Jaw, Steph, they don't get the same scrutiny, even though they is bad. Do you feel like Ja and Steph's D doesn't get as much scrutiny as Lucas? I don't. And I think about Ja, he's had the benefit of being on a better defensive team. So I think that that's masked him as a defender. He has gotten better. He's looked like He looks like he's built up his body a little bit more. And he has gotten better as a defender. But I think that he has the benefit of being on a better defensive team. So it kind of gets mass. Steph, on the other hand, I feel like Steph should have been a better defender. I still stand on that logic, Tone. Excuse me. And the reason why I stand on that logic is because when I got the defensive player of the year on my on my crew, that enhances my defense. Because what that does for me is that help that enables me to take more chances, to be more aggressive, to do more things. Because I got somebody who has my back, as opposed to when I'm not playing with a guy that good defensively. And I feel like Steph. Being an elite guard, I mean, he did lead the league. I I, I know he led the league in led steals. The league in steals yeah, he did yeah. lead the league in steals. However, when I think about his ability one on one as a defender, I thought that he should have been better than what he was, than okay. what he is. I I just felt like he should have been better, considering the teams that he was on, the defensive teams that he was on. I felt like he should have been better. So here's here's here's, and I'm not saying this. It's gonna sound rude. I'm you know me. I'm not saying it to be rude. But if you when you played. Did you run around as anywhere near as much as Steph? No, I didn't. Logo threes? No. You know how much? For me, I just watch him and now and I get tired. And I just feel like Steph not being as good a defender as maybe he could have been, I think part of it is he, he, he uses so much energy to get open, uh, whether it's off the ball, when he has the ball in his hand, Shooting from distance also is tight. Guys, I'm telling you, people don't believe me. When you shoot, and you you can speak to this, when you shoot, you shoot with your legs, right? right. So you it does tire. People think you shoot. No, you shoot with your legs. Mm-hmm. And so you're, the way I see him run around and the shooting from where he shoots, he's I think he's just tired. And he mm-hmm. has to he has to get a break somewhere. Um, and so I think it was, hey, you know what? If I'm going to be the supreme kind of offensive player, what am I? where am I going to lose it? And he made it. I think he made a, a decision to lose it on the defensive end. I think to your point, is he talented enough to be a better defender where we maybe wouldn't criticize him as much? Yep. And that's where I'm at with that. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with that. But he's probably at the same time just be like, eh. all right. Uh, we got. Let's go. What's the next super chat? Christopher D just wants to say what's up. What's up, Christopher D? Uh, what's good, fellas? Ready for what's the up, show? Brother? We're ready. Uh, Christopher D. I haven't told you this, Jay. So I'm gonna tell you live. Um, sent me a, a message on on Instagram earlier, and he's got a very controversial take about your guy, uh, LeBron James, mm-hmm. um, in 2011 and 2014. Mm-hmm. 
in the finals. And I'm not going to give it away. He wants to join us. He wants to come on the show in the next couple of weeks and make his case to us. Um, you good with that? Bring it. All right. So, so Christopher D, I'll, I'll message you back um, and, and we'll get you on. But he also gave us another super chat. Carmelo Anthony. Thank you, Christopher D. JJ Productions. I don't know what that is. You can maybe tell us what JJ Production is. Uh, Carmelo gets drafted to the Pistons. Oh, I know we're going to disagree on this one because we've had this conversation before. How many rings, assuming he understands team defense, that's a big assumption. Um, and is it better on and is uh, and is he, I guess, a better on ball defender learning from Larry Brown, who you say wouldn't even play him? I think he would have ruined him. And I don't think that they. I still think that that Detroit Pistons team could have won it, but I think that Larry Brown, when I think about that, the we'll start with the Olympic experience. Larry Brown was coaching the Olympic team. That was at the Carmelo Anthony's rook season that summer going into 2004. That going into the going into the summer of 2004, he was on that Olympic team. He played the least amount of minutes on that Olympic team. He had guys like Richard Jefferson and Sean Mann. Those guys are playing ahead of him. So he's on that Detroit Piston unit with a veteran laid unit that's ready to build the direct that's ready to win a championship right now. I can't see Larry Brown inserting him in to the starting lineup and having him be an integral part of their offense. I can't see it. I think he would have wrecked him. One of the best things to happen to Carmelo Anthony was him not going to Detroit. So I have the exact opposite opinion. I think that Pistons team having should they have drafted assuming everything else is the same so basically they still bring in Sheed right it's the exact same team and you're just replacing Carmelo with or sorry replacing Darko with Melo mm-hmm. I think Melo starts coming off the bench we're looking at like a sixth man because he's he's because of his lack of defense Larry Brown's gonna be like all right you're not you're not starting but he's going to see the offensive potential and he's not stupid. Like Larry Brown did coach Allen Iverson, right? He'll, he, he'll find a way to, to utilize his strength. So he'll bring him off the bench. And I think that team develops into a team that wins like two or three rings. Um, that was a struggle though, Tone. him, him and Allen Iverson. That was oh, a struggle. I, I know. And, I know it was a struggle. And, and do you remember when he was in New York with Stephon Marbury, how they were going back and forth with each other? So, for and, him and, to- and here's why I think what's going to happen is, he brings him off the bench. Um, people see his offensive prowess. The veteran guys on that team, I think Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Rip Hamilton, yeah. uh, Chauncey Billups, I think they recognize and they kind of become that, hey, he's our guy, and they and they mentor and shape him, almost mm-hmm. to the point where either Larry Brown cracks or gets fired. And I, and I think they win like three rings. I think they win two, maybe lose one, then win another one. Um, and I think that team is better because what that team lacked was, I think, a scoring star. And I think he, with the right coach, to your point, that team becomes like tremendously like strong in that, especially in that era. Right. Um, and and so I think I think his defense does get a little bit better. I don't think he ever becomes a, def- a like a, a great on ball defender. Right. But I think he I think I think it works out for the best. It might be at be at Larry Brown's expense. It might and be at Larry Brown's expense. I, I, I 100% agree that it will be at his expense because <laughs> I think that Larry Brown, with that unit that they had with Sheed and, and Tayshawn Prince, and that unit was ready to win now. I don't think Larry Brown would have been as patient with Carmelo Anthony as a defender, and I think that he would have been yanking him in and out of the lineup, which would have screwed him up but offensively. That's, but that's why I think he brings him off the bench as a six-man. Right. 
bringing him like off the a, bench. Like but even if he did, and even if he, even if he did bring him off, even if he did bring him off the bench, Tone, he his minutes would have been sporadic. Again, yeah. I, I I have to go back to the fact that he was on that Olympic team and he played the least amount of minutes on that team alone. So for him to get on that Detroit Piston team where that team was ready to win right now and Carmelo Anthony is one year out of college, right? One year in college and this kid is 19 years old. He's going to get on this crew. Larry Brown was an old school guy. It would have definitely been at the expense of him. I think he would have wrecked Carmelo Anthony. They won with Darko, so I still think they win with Melo. Now, you got to also remember, too, Tom, they won with Darko, but they won with a bunch of other guys on that unit, too. So Darvin Ham was on that unit. Carlos, William, Carlos, that's said, the Carlos same, Williamson was on that unit. Everything else has to be the same. Right. But with Darko coming over, remember, Darko was a pro in Europe for, for, for a while before he came over. Carmelo Anthony is basically two years out of high school. I can't see Larry Brown putting him in the lineup immediately. I just oh, can't I, see I, I agree he's not in the lineup immediately. I, I, I think do. he would have been yanking him in and out of the lineup, and I think he would have screwed with his confidence because Carmelo Anthony was young at that time. He was he was a guy who needed to be on his own crew starting right from the beginning, which was I, which why I think Denver was perfect for him. I, see, I disagree. I, I believe that Carmelo was super immature mm-hmm. and lacked work ethic, and give him, giving him his own crew – actually made him the I was going to use the word bust he wasn't a bust but made him the a, a player who did not live up to our expectations mm. like remember like people forget coming out of college or high school LeBron James and Melo we had them like we had Braun first but it was neck and neck but when you see how their careers went the gap is I I think is huge Right. And I, 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 I don't I, is, I don't think it's close. I and don't. I think part of that is he didn't develop. He didn't have the kind of the internal drive like LeBron did. And so right. he needed something external where he did not get in Denver and I think or in New York. And I think he, he may have got it in. Now, it might have screwed up his earlier years. He wouldn't have been maybe in the rookie of the year conversation. But I think in three years, I think he's a better player. Personally. All right. We got one more super chat uh, and then I'm going to eat some turkey. Uh, who is better? Magic or Bird? Not career, better. Bird was better initially, and then Magic surpassed him. I think that Bird, his ability on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball, he was he was absolutely that guy. His ability to rebound, his ability to play make, and he was that for a long time. Magic became better once he became the focal point of the offense. And once he became the focal point of the offense, I think that he was able to surpass Bird because he was able to show how much better of an offensive player he was. I mean, he he had to play defense on that Laker team. And Magic was not a cone. You know, a lot of people don't give Magic nearly enough credit because he was running with Michael Cooper, because he was running with Byron Scott, because he was running with, at the time, the greatest rim protector in NBA history. They don't give him enough credit for the defender that he was. He wasn't that bad. He was actually a really good defender. But... I think that once Jabbar, once Pat Riley relinquished the offensive load off Jabbar and put it on Magic, I think that was when he surpassed Bird as a player. I mean, he had a five-year stretch tone where he went 22 and 12. And I know, I, I know people are going to have a hard time understanding what I'm about to say. One, Bird did play defense. He was a three-time all-defensive player mm-hmm. uh, so he did play defense people underrate him and people see him you know when he was when his back was broken when he finished shoveling the driveway and couldn't play anymore right um, but when bird was young and athletic he did play defense and it wasn't about people because people get confused oh you have to be fast and jump high and block shots 
No, you can also play incredible defense by being in the right position. Yeah. Um, and that's what people don't understand about defense. So Bird was a good Bird was a good defender. Magic agreed, was not a pylon, but I would say this to answer the question. I think Bird was a better overall player. Overall player, offense, defense, like yeah. combine everything together was a better overall player. And this is okay. People are gonna say, How can this both be true? They're both true. Bird was a better overall player, and once Bird learned, sorry, once Magic learned to shoot, mm-hmm. the focal point of the offense because he learned how to shoot. Because people forget, coming out of college, he could not shoot. Not uh, like that. Learn, like where right, he had to learn how to shoot. Once mm-hmm. he became a competent shooter, never mm-hmm. a tremendous shooter, never a great shooter, but once he became a competent shooter, yeah. that's when he surpassed and became a better player. Right. So, so Bird is still the better overall player. Once, once, yeah, exactly. Once it's not once, once Magic started shooting, and you had to, and you, you couldn't just leave him open. He became the better player. Yeah, yeah but exactly. it was still close. I mean, again, flip a coin. Yeah. Um. So that is the end of our super chats. Yes, sir. Um. For those three hundred of you who are sitting here with us on Thanksgiving, we appreciate you. Um. We're gonna end with what are you most thankful for? And get those damn likes up. Uh. What are you most thankful for? Well, first of all, I gotta drop my. Oh yes, I, I gotta drop. Everyone's the, I, been waiting for. I, I, I gotta drop the recipe. Sure. Recipe. So Thanksgiving, so, Thanksgiving recipe. So what I what I do, I make a I, I make a brown rice dish. It's a it's it's a pound and a half of of brown rice, and I steam, I steam three cups. I believe I believe it's three cups of green beans. Black beans. Hold on, hold on. Can you can you go back? Because I'm gonna put it in the chat because yep. someone's gonna want it. Okay, start from rewind, the- rewind. Rewind. So rewind. Hold on. I gotta rewind. give you we haven't we haven't done any of this today. Reverse. So I got a so so I got a two pound bag. So I got a two pound bag of brown rice. So so about a two pound, two pound, two and a half pound bag of rice. Drop that in and boil that while you're doing that. Three cups of green beans, fresh green beans. I steam those, right? Three cups of fresh green beans. With the three cups of fresh green beans, one one potato. Slice up the potato, put that in, put that in with the green beans and steam that. Now, on the other side of that, I also have- How many green beans? How many green beans? Three cups. Three cups. Yeah, three cups of green beans with the potatoes. I steam that. Then on the other side, I'm also steaming some broccoli- Right, so I'm steaming, I'm I'm steaming a bushel of broccoli, and I'm 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 steaming a bushel of broccoli, and I'm also steaming a pack of soy, and it's really good too, absolutely. So a pack of soy. So with that being said, I also have black beans. I got a can of black beans, two cans of black beans, not one, two cans of black beans. Right, so two cans of black beans, and with all of that on the side. I mix all of that in with, I have tomatoes, green peppers, garlic. So, so, so three tomatoes, yep. one red pepper, one green pepper. All right. Two, <laughs> I love that I'm trying to type this. As well. <laughs> yeah. Two, two cloths, two cloths of garlic and some spinach. And we put that in the food processor and mix that up. Once the once the rice is cooked, once the broccoli is steamed with the soy, and once the green beans and the potatoes are cooked, 
in the black beans, you put all of that in the crock pot and you mix it up. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it was two tomatoes, right? Three. Oh, three. My bad. Three tomatoes. All right. Let me let me read this back to you faster than you did it. Mm -hmm. Food processor. I can't spell processor, so don't don't judge my my spelling. All right, mix it up and then put it all in a crock pot. Yes, put it put it all in the crock pot and then mix it up. All right, here's here's what I got. Bam, your vegan. It might take a minute. Your vegan. Here is your vegan uh, Thanksgiving meal, right there for you. So two pound. Uh, bag of brown rice, boil it. Three cups of fresh green beans. Um, Jesus, uh, <laughs> you see it? Is that right? You see that it? Is, that All is right. right. And add whatever kind of and add whatever kind of seasoning you want. You want to put the salt. You want to put the pepper in it. Add however much uh, seasoning you want. See, you, you, don't, you don't you don't know this, or maybe you do know this. Do you know that I was on a cooking show? I did not know that you were on a cooking show, Tom. A, it was the show was called Star Foodies. You can go look it up. Uh, I did an episode. Uh, where we talk sports, and I gave my favorite uh, Greek dish, and mm -hmm. then she went and 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 uh, the host of the show, uh, shout out to Kathy Vlahos, she went out and, and made and made the dish, and so uh, there's a term. So when you say you know season, season to taste, mm -hmm. that's what the chefs say. So those are all the ingredients. Season, season to taste. And now for all those who've been asking for the vegan Thanksgiving meal, there it is. Uh, any words to Rufus who says he's most thankful for the opportunity to cook chill tomorrow? Well, we're gonna find out. Okay. We're gonna find out. So, and by the way, I ate my spinach. Uh oh. Uh oh. So, <laughs> yes, I did. So, all right. Well, in um, in that case, that's <laughs> it for the. Most thankful edition of uh, <laughs> Fluid mm -hmm. and Chill. Uh, I don't know if the football game is even still on. I, I, I. Yeah, I it is. It's, still, it's, it's still what's, going what's on. The score? It's still twenty three, twenty three. It's a, it's a, it's a commercial right now. But uh -huh. no, it, it, um, I think it's like thirty to thirty. Thirty to. Th okay. Yeah, they rolling. Let's see what is it. I'm gonna give a quick update. It is twenty six, twenty six. Um, I got the Patriots. Okay. Um, and that's it for Fluent and Chill. Until yeah, next time. Take it light. Or take it. That's not ridiculous. That's not ridiculous to say that. It's not ridiculous to say that. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather hit him up one more time. Hey.